Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Field stepping away from the pressure again. Throws this time to the end zone. Tight window for Horstead. He held on. Touchdown. That's a hell of a throw. Now it all begins. You've waited, waited long and long enough. It's almost time, time, time. The season, season, season is upon us. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lafka and Jake Hassan. Did we just become best friends? Yep. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Bears Nation podcast, September 8th, 2021, the eve of the NFL season as of this recording. Some of you will be consuming this probably after it's starting or right before it starts. But this is Wednesday, September 8th, Bears Nation podcast, and we are ready to go. We're about to learn a lot about this Bears team on Sunday night because this is a very tough L.A. defense. And you have Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, just to name a couple guys. That, I mean, those are their top three guys, but that whole unit is pretty good. And so you have a patchwork offensive line. That's that's the reality of it. And you have 39-year-old Jason Peters starting a mm-hmm. left tackle. Fine. Maybe he's got a little juice left in the tank. I don't know. I mean, the man's a beast. He performed at a very high level for a very long time, but he's 39 years old. There was a reason he was unsigned into August. You have Jermaine Effetti, who is on the pup list for most of this summer, almost all of the summer. It's kind of a lot of bits and pieces. Can they be good? Yeah. Can they be as good as last year's unit? Yeah, probably. But also... Again, the optimism is capped with Andy Dalton because of where he is in his career currently. Yes, this is true. But I think the conversation is it it may not. I still think this is more geared toward the defense because this isn't a game you're winning 35 to 31. Like if you want to come out of Sunday night with a win, it's going to be 17 to 10. It's going to be 21 to 17. The offense doesn't need to put up four touchdowns to win this game. They're going to, they, the defense is going to have to stop LA's offense because we know the limitations of this offense and we know the capability of the Rams defense. There's just simply no way they're going to put up more than say, I don't know, 27 points. I'll put that as say their ceiling as the, I think the most amount of points they can put up with Andy Dahl on this offense. So, it comes down to me to the defense and scoring in the red zone is huge, but defensively you have to like their mentality. We, we've been, I think we've kind of looked at them recently as, as a very good red zone defense. And they were, I think they were, I had to check. I think they, the they were very bad. Don't defense. break. Exactly. But that's the problem is Ben don't break is successful except for when it happens every single drive. It's every single drive is a seven-minute drive, 80 yards down the field. They get to the five-yard line. Oh, but they don't score. Ben, don't break. Good job. Yay, they scored three points. Yeah, you kept points off the board, but your guys are tired as hell. You just got worn out for seven minutes, and although you held them to three points, the offense trots out there right after that. After a seven-minute drive, they go three and out. And then right. the defense is back out there, and then it's not going to be bendo break this time because you were just out there for seven minutes. So right. that mentality works, but that's why the number one thing, how do you prevent bend don't break? How do you get off the field quickly? Yeah, you stop them three and out, but what's easier than that is getting turnovers. And I sent the, I, I posted this to our Twitter, and this is the key to the Chicago Bears in 2021. And I'm going to read you some stats from 2020. I know it's a weird year, but – it's about takeaways, and we always talk about on the show how important takeaways are, how conducive they are to winning. Just listen to this. Games in which they lost a turnover margin last year, the Chicago Bears did. One in six, okay? Games in which they won the turnover margin last year, four and oh. 
And then games in which the turnover margin was even, say both teams had two turnovers, they were three and two. So if you look at the record when they either won the turnover margin or were even, didn't lose it, they were seven and two on the year, but one and six in games in which they lost the turnover margin. Obviously, like this isn't anything crazy to you. We just talked about the 2018 defense. Why were they 12 and four last year? Because they won the turnover margin seemingly every every game, every single game yeah. they were turnover. Margin. That is well, how it, you're it gonna was, win. It wasn't you're, even that. It was also the turnovers in key spots. You know, Seal right. win against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Seal win against the Lions. Seal wins against the Rams. It, it was time and again they would come up in key spots even at the end of the game or you know into halftime and then it would yeah. put the bears in it so yeah i mean you're you're completely right um so i mean well, you're right the defense has to be the unit that you lean on but the offense also has to do its job and stay out right. there for more than right. 30 seconds and stay out for more than 90 <laughs> seconds at a time and you get exactly. more than one exactly. first down um but since we're starting with the defense let's talk about it the injury report for week one comes out today <sighs> And how is Robert Quinn already a limited participant? And so that's not the biggest it's a joke, I mean, bro. Robert Quinn, it's a joke. of course, already a limited participant and the first injury report of the year. But a couple key names show up um, on the injury report today. Eddie Goldman didn't practice at all. Obviously, we've talked about on this show how important Eddie Goldman is. Josh Woods was on here, talked about how important Eddie Goldman is to that defense. Uh, Joel Iggy. Linebacker was also a limited participant. Khalil Mack with a groin, also a limited participant. And Robert Quinn, who I just talked about. Those are your key defensive guys who showed up. Don't love that he got three linebackers on there, uh, and one of them being an inside backer. Not really great when you have a, a limited depth at that position as it is. And granted, it's the first one. It's a limit. They were all limited. Eddie Goldman was the only one who didn't practice. But it's still not a great look, and it doesn't. Those are key guys. These aren't backups. This is this is Khalil Mack and Eddie Goldman alone are two of your 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 a your biggest defensive contributor and another top three, top four defensive contributor on your defense. So it's not great. Did you say Khalil was limited? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's so what they, so that's that- what they. Khalil Mack was listed as a limited participant today. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not worried about that. For some reason, Khalil Mack's limited every week. I don't know why. That's, I don't. I well, that not. was He's my limited next point. Every effing week. That I don't was know my why. Next point. He, That's not great because he was limited well, every week last week, and he wasn't last year. He was mean? good. He last year. Yeah, sorry. He was very good still, but he was not Khalil Mack levels of good. So that's an issue. Right. Right. Already. That. That that is an issue. That is concerning. Like you would like to just see him healthy. He still is the most productive player in your defense, arguably next to sure. Roquan Smith. Limited, but you know, you, like even he said it in the offseason multiple times. Like that's not good enough for him. What do you have? Eight and a half sacks last year? Or something? That's not good enough for him. This is a player right. who should be getting 16, 17 sacks. He should. He's one of, if not the best edge rushers in the NFL. He knows that anything below fifteen is below what he's capable of. So I, it's just like I'm sick though of like having to turn to that as an excuse. You know what I mean? It's like every week, if he's not up to perform, it's like, well, what's going on? What, what He's limited. Does he got a back? Does he have a shoulder? Does he have a, a knee? Like nobody knows. So it's frustrating to see him always be limited, but you still do like, it, he's still going to be the most effective player on your defense. Like that is still remains true. And you still know he's going to provide for you, but you look at those other positions, you look at a Dan Trevath and you look at a, an Eddie Goldman, you look at some of the, some of those other guys that's that's where it gets a little bit more concerning, where you start to see the injuries affect them a little bit more, especially when you talk about their age. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm 
it, you said Danny was limited too. No, Trevathan, Iggy. Danny's I, on Iggy. Okay, no, Trevathan's on the IR. Right, he's on the IR. He actually just changed his number to number six. By the way, I don't know why he did. That's that. kind of cool. Weird. It, no, cool, like but it. weird for a linebacker. I like it. I'm, oh. I got nothing wrong with it. Um, but yeah, like to see Iggy out, they just cut our guy Josh Woods, so you lose depth mm-hmm. there at uh, at ILB. They haven't signed him back to the practice squad. I assume he's going to clear waivers. But um, it's it's yes, it's concerning. You don't love to see that, but obviously the biggest name Jake is Eddie Goldman. I mean that that yeah. you know you, we we know we have the evidence to know how much he means to this defense. You need him healthy. Yep. You need him out there if you want any chance to win against the Rams on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, Josh Woods, who you just mentioned, was on the show talking about just what an anchor he is, what he means. I mean, just a big body who commands double teams. I mean, Eddie Goldman was a borderline all-pro defensive tackle, Mm -hmm. and he was a Pro Bowl tackle, and he's a guy you saw last year. You didn't have him at all last year, and your defense suffered. You Your run defense suffered tremendously, and you weren't nearly as good. I mean, that's a guy who – that's why your defense had worked so well in the past because you had Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack – and Eddie Goldman, two guys offensive alone, Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman commanding double teams at any given time. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not great. And credit to Kyra Tonga. He was listed as the second uh, nose tackle behind Eddie Goldman. He's a seventh-round pick who worked his way up to that. He's also a big body. But that's a big drop-off from Eddie Goldman to a seventh-round rookie. That's – it's suboptimal. No matter how big, how strong yeah. he is, yeah. Eddie Goldman's been in the league for what five, six years now, and he's been a Pro Bowler. And now you put it in seventh round rookie. It's you're, you're going to suffer. And granted, Eddie Goldman could practice tomorrow. If if he's a limited participant right. tomorrow, I was night, I yeah. will assume he's going to play. But if he is, if he's another DNP tomorrow, reason to be concerned. Yeah, it, it certainly is a reason to be concerned. But yes, we have to wait it out. This is a veteran player. Sometimes when you are a DMP earlier in the week and then you turn to limited, you, you're a little bit more optimistic because this is a guy who doesn't necessarily need to be. Obviously, you want every player to practice, but comparatively to some other guys, um, it's like be, rather be precautionary. So hopefully this is just a precautionary thing. Keep him out, hold him out for practice, uh, return Friday, be limited, and then play Sunday. That's the hope, but... You know, they leave probably Friday afternoon, uh, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. to get down to L.A. So you really only have – I mean, I I don't even know if they practice on Friday. I mean, you're going to practice Thursday, but I I assume you leave Friday night, Friday afternoon for L.A. Uh, Maybe – They might might do a walkthrough or something since it's a Sunday night game. Right. Maybe maybe they will leave Saturday then since it's Sunday night uh, and they'll do a walkthrough. Yeah, you know, one of those things. But – not 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 great. The injury list, like aside from the defense too, <clears throat> it's long. And, and I, you know, I don't think there was anybody else on the offensive side of the ball who did not practice, if I am correct. But I no, the the only ones that didn't practice were Eddie Goldman and Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham was listed as Jimmy non-injury Graham. slash resting veteran. Yes, so. resting veteran. And, and he so. usually, in last year, you saw that he usually got these first day, these first practices mm-hmm. a week off. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's deservingly so, but uh, it, it still is like, although there's not many DNPs there on the offensive side of the ball, there's still a lot of limiteds. Like, Darno Mooney was, was a limited participant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a, a few other names on the list. It's, it's just the list when you first open the picture on Twitter is a little bit longer than you want than you want it to be, especially for well. The important the important thing is like a, a lot of these guys. I, I mean, like. A lot of them were full practices. Deion Bush, full practice. Xavier Crawford, full sure. practice. J.P. Holtz, full practice. And full practice. Kyrus Tonga, full practice. Damian mm-hmm. Wynn, full practice. So the only people had two DNPs, and Jimmy Graham will throw that out because it was a scheduled off. Right, right, right. So you had Eddie Goldman, 
Joel Iggy, Cleo Mack, Darnell Mooney, Robert Quinn. Those are your only limited practices. So five. Okay. Years. That's really not bad then. Those are impact yeah. players, but as far as a, from a quantitative standpoint, five is not bad. Five is not right, bad. Exactly. So I'm not going to freak out about injuries. Like we are in a, like you're, we're fortunate at this point, knock on wood, you haven't had a JK Dobbins situation. You haven't had any, you know, significant player. I mean, you have guys on IR, but you don't have anybody. Yeah, significant. You don't have anybody like uh, a Roquan Smith or something. You know what I mean? Like sure. be in some serious trouble like we had last year and, I just, I'm fine with the injuries as of right now. Um, so I, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna let that harm my evaluation too much of this game and the way I'm gonna, sure. you know, put my money down on this, the way I'm gonna bet on it, the way I'm gonna look at it, uh, just from an evaluation standpoint. I don't think it's gonna make too much of a difference. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right, and that's the thing. I just want to circle back to when it's a limited participant. Generally, they're like first day of the week limited participant. They're probably gonna play. So yes. once you know if. if like I said, if Eddie Goldman doesn't practice tomorrow, if one of these guys who were limited today don't practice tomorrow, then we can be concerned. But I think for the most part, Eddie Goldman's the only one you're watching. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's you need all hands on deck. I mean, this Matt Stafford, Sean McVay offense is probably going to be not not something you want to mess with. Like it's going to be, I think, everything that we expect it to be. So it's something to be expected. Now, you know, we've talked about the defense, but mm-hmm. the offensive side that. We touched on it. You just got to, even if you make this a defensive slugfest, even if you make this a 17-14 game, a 17-10 game, which for the first Sunday night football game of the year, uh, NBC is probably not going to love that. But that's kind of the risky run when you put the Bears on Sunday night football of week one. But the thing is, uh, like the offense just needs to be on the field. Don't get kicked off the field right away. Don't get these three and outs. Mm-hmm. Don't get, you know, stay on the field longer than a minute and score. You don't even have to score a touchdown every time. We're just asking you like make yes. some prolonged drives. So yes. their defense isn't, so their defense isn't just fresh as, you know, spring coming the fourth quarter. And they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. we barely played. You just cracked the code. You literally just cracked the code. You want to know why? I didn't even realize this. The Bears were last in the NFL last year in third down conversion percentage with a 33.49% percentage on third down. And, but the, the problem is, though, Jake, based off of what I saw in the preseason and, and the capabilities of Andy Dalton, I'm not sure that number will be any higher. I mean, we were yep. seeing, like, again, this is preseason you take with a grain of salt because you don't want the coach to show every single play he has in his playbook. Right. But you were seeing the same type of plays being called on third down and manageable. It was the sense those halfback dives up the gut or those curl flats where every player runs a curl and they just happen to all be covered. So the QB gets sacked and then you punt it away. I mean, like this is crystal clear in my mind because it's happened so many times. And think about Andy Dalton is I don't, I don't see him as somebody who can elevate that percentage because at least with a mobile quarterback, when there is a crap play call, nobody's open. We saw this a number of times from Justin Fields in the preseason. He used his legs to get out there and get the three yards or four yards they needed, just you know, breaking away from the pocket when things weren't available. And then he's just fast enough to get to the line, whether there's a defender close enough or not. Like, so now I look at Andy Dahl and I'm like, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't realistically, realistically see in this game how they can go from higher than a 33.49 percentage on third down last in the NFL. But that is the key. Staying on the field and winning the time position is how you beat the Los Angeles Rams. It's how you win most football games. It's just staying on the field, wearing them down. Talk about eight-minute scoring drives. And like you said, you don't even have to score. But don't be 10, don't, don't make it a 50-second drive. 
at least right. give us four minutes and then punt it away and pin them down in their own territory. You know what I mean? So you cracked the code on that because I did not know that they were last in yeah. the NFL in third down comparison percentage. It's insane. Yeah, it, those numbers were bad. I mean, every time it was a third down and longer than like two, you weren't feeling too was, good about oh, the Bears converting. It, it was bad. And so, I mean, it, again, back to that, you know, your optimism is a little capped because of the Andy Dalton situation, but you hope that he can have some game awareness, some situational awareness sure. that's a little a step above Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, maybe. But also that's where the offensive line comes back into play here. I mean, that's okay. where – you know, we, we saw, and granted, it was against lesser teams that weren't exactly playoff teams. They weren't exactly the best competition. But when you were running the ball and the offensive line was clicking last year and you were able to run David Montgomery up the gut and outside and he was running all over everybody, you were able to win games because you were able to bleed clock too. And that, right. just, that runs into that time of possession. You have most of this unit back. You have James Daniels back. If Jason Peters gives you anything, if he has mm-hmm. anything left in the tank, you'll take it. Uh, I mean, they obviously brought him in for a reason. They must think there's something there. Larry Borum's the next backup uh, at left tackle. Apparently, they liked what he what he showed before he dealt with some injuries at the end of camp, at the end of summer. But I mean, you got to run the ball. I, I mean, because Andy Dalton isn't going to win you this game. Like Andy Andy Dalton isn't going to do. I know this is a crazy thing. Andy Dalton isn't Tom Brady. He isn't Patrick Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not winning you this game. No. Now you he can contribute and you can work around him and with him, but what's going to win you this game is a well balanced, complete attack, which is not what you saw at all. It either was completely through the quarterback, or it was at the end of the year when it was just ground and pound right. the entire time. Nobody's putting a ball in the air. So I, I think it's a healthy dose of both because I don't I I, I can't say Dave Montgomery wins you this game either. I mean the the no. LA Rams defense right, but it, it has well the reason why I say that too. Well, first of all, LA allowed 91 uh 99.1 rushing yards per game last year, fourth in the NFL in 2020. Um but it's like the teams that beat LA last year, they their running backs didn't run for 120 130 yards. They didn't like their lead running back didn't go crazy. It was just a health it was it was a it was a combination of you know, the running back one getting the necessary carries and not abandoning that, still going after it and wearing down a defense. Obviously, we know Nat Nagy's aptitude to just abandon the run, even when it's not necessary. And what fears me is he's going to see those numbers. He knows how good their defense. He's going to be afraid to do it, and he's going to try to throw the ball around, and, and they're not going to do anything. You have to give him the carries, although it's not successful. But this is where I think Damian Williams comes into the mix. I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Damian Williams and a little bit of a different look, a different perspective, throw him in there and do some different things with him. I'm not talking you 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 bring out a, fo- a whole new playbook, but be experimental. Try some new things. Do something different. It's not going to like it to an extent you want to run the ball like you want to you want to give Dave Montgomery the necessary carries. But. Just running him up the middle, halfback dive five times in a row isn't isn't doing anything. You have to change up the looks, get an outside zone, run a counter play with Damian Williams, bring in different players, maybe even get um, Khalil Herbert in there for a few reps. That's how you're going to do it. But it's not just going to be, Damian Montgomery's going to run for 130 yards, he's going to win the game. Like Andy Dalton still has to, to be proficient and get you third down conversions, but it's it, it it's it's a combination of both because it's also a very good pass defense. You know what I mean? So it's it's a tough team well, to beat. So, the Rams are a great. So here's defense. the problem, and this is scary. But Matt Nagy wins you this game. 
if Matt Nagy uh, if Matt Nagy draws up a game plan where it is that balance, you can use Dave Montgomery effectively, and you mm-hmm. can ask Andy Dalton to do the things that are within the realm of possibility right, for right. Andy Dalton to do. Then you can win the game. Now, this is Matt Nagy we're talking about. Like you said, he kind of gets scared, or he, I, who knows what happens, and he abandons the run, or he abandons the pass, or he abandons some facet of the game mm-hmm. when things don't go well, or when you know something doesn't work, and they end up getting punched in the mouth. And then he doesn't have a counter to that. So that's a huge part. This is where, and we've been talking about it all year. This is the year. I mean, this is where we live, learn a lot about Matt Nagy. And, you know, guess, did he learn yeah. from last year when, okay, I didn't have the personnel. I didn't have my guys. Da, 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 da. All right. Well, you have Andy Dalton. You have Justin Fields waiting there, begging to be used, waiting to be used. So, and we're going to learn about a lot about the head coach and, I said this uh, last week and probably the week before. I think Matt Nagy's job is safe regardless because of the Justin Fields pick. But so that bought him two more years, including this season. But I think we're going to learn a lot about how this season is going to go based off week one alone. Because yeah, because this isn't the Rams team that Matt Nagy's seen before either. This is Matt Stafford. Right. This is Sean McVay is constantly evolving as well. So mm-hmm. it's going to be different. And so we're going to learn if if the Bears go out there and their initial game plan doesn't work and they get punched in the mouth and then Matt Nagy goes back to that bare bones offense of all right, dive up the middle and short then we're screwed. And then you know how the rest of the season's going to go. And well, and the other thing too is like there's a very likely scenario this game seven to zero Rams winning at halftime. Like that that is mm-hmm. most likely going to be the case. So what does he need to do this year that hasn't been done in the past? He needs to make halftime adjustments and recognize what happened in the first 30 minutes and make those changes for the final 30 minutes. We rarely see that. If the Bears won football games last year, it's because they had some success in the first half and they were able to hold on to that lead because of the defense. It wasn't typically anytime they were down at the half, I was like, they're they're not winning the football game. They, right. Even if they were only down seven points, you had no trust that Matt Nagy was going to make halftime adjustments again, his team ready to play and get his team excited to play in the second half and come back and win the game. Did it happen a few times? Yes, it happened a few times. Happened against Detroit. It happened against Atlanta. But it doesn't happen consistently enough for me to say Matt Nagy's a good halftime adjuster. And that's something that we've noticed. So it starts at halftime. It's the two most critical points in the game coming out of the half, the first kickoff out of the half and the first kickoff of the game, the first drive of the game. I mean, traditionally Jake under Matt Nagy, they have come out very flat. They do not come ready to play most of the time, especially on some of these primetime games. And you think about both primetime games against the Rams in the past two years. Those are probably the two most notable games of Matt Nagy's career where he has come out flat. I mean, with Nick Foles last year, that game was Monday. I, that game was Monday Night Football. They they didn't score. I don't think for the first three quarters. And then two years ago, I that was the game. Mitch Trubisky got benched for Chase Daniel in the final two minutes. I mean, he has horrible performances no. against the Rams in his career. Yes, no, that was the game. The chase the Chase Daniel game was last year. No, that was the Nick Foles game. The Chase Daniel game was two years ago. Nick Foles uh, started for the Rams. We were five and one. We were five and one going into. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. right, uh, right. Into that game. We've played the Rams three years in a row. Yeah, three years in a row. Weird. Yeah, well, yeah. we've been we've been the same uh, the same place in our division as them. That's why we keep because we're, we're not just playing the NFC West every year. It's just we get we keep getting matched up to them because of our place in the division. But you got to come out hot, and that's the thing though. Like for the players and for the team. Like, how can you not, man? I mean, this is Sunday football. You're playing SoFi Stadium, the nicest stadium in the NFL. Yeah. First time there will be fans in this stadium 
uh, this I, I think the Super uh, is Super Bowl being hosted there this year or is it next year? I think it might be being mm-hmm. hosted there this year. Uh, we'll fact check that. But like it has every single reason for you to come out firing and for you to come out ready to play. So if they don't, I SoFi I'm Stadium, try. February thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Exactly. Like this just has this. It, it's everything you want. You dream of as a player, you know, prime time. And this is so this is the funny thing, too, Jake, that, that I find hilarious. Uh, if I'm Roger Goodell, dude, I'm on the phone with Matt Nagy saying, listen, buddy, we schedule Bears Rams on primetime week one, expecting to see Justin Fields, one of, if not the most popular rookies of the 2021 class. Because like I just said, this game has the opportunity to be one of the most watched week one yeah. Sunday night football games in a long time because it's the first game with fans back in the stands. Uh, people, I think that actually does have an impact on TV ratings. SoFi Stadium, it's Khalil Mag versus Aaron Dolan. It's Darnell Mooney versus and A-Rob versus Jalen Ramsey. It's the third biggest market in the sport versus a Super Bowl contender in L.A. And we're and you're squandering this opportunity by trotting out Andy Dalton. If I'm Roger Goodell, I'm freaking furious, Jake. I'm furious. Yeah, I mean he is, and obviously <laughs> Matt Nagy. I mean, I would hope would never just do a game plan because what Roger Goodell is talking about on the phone. Well, maybe he should, but, Jake. Maybe he should. Right, yeah, I don't know. true. I mean, in this instance, maybe he should. But I mean, that leads to the question. I mean, do we see Justin Fields in this game? Oh, God. Well, you answer that question because I know your take on this. So lock it in, Jake. I mean, you've made this very clear and you seem to stand by this prediction. So I want you. I want, are you still standing by it? I think I am. I think it takes wow. one half. Wow. I think it takes one half. Oh, just it's just the more I think and I'm about the optimist. It, the, the more <laughs> the more I think about it, the more it just a and I've said this a million times on the show. Now it would be so bears to have a a depth to go into halftime down by two scores or more, two touchdowns or more. And Justin Fields comes out in the second half and leads you this close. And you just fall flat. That would be so bears, but also it's just the more I think about it. It's just so blatantly obvious. And and I saw a clip of Eddie Jackson's interview um, with the sun times, Walter Payton uh, today, or yeah. Anyway, had to clear my head. Um, <laughs> Eddie Jackson today in an interview, and he's like, uh, and he said, yeah, Justin Fields, he's just different. Like, he's just so smart and he's so advanced. And he's it, like, it, when one of your most vocal leaders on your team is saying that, he's saying that the day before the season starts, no less, that, yeah. oh, yeah, like, he's just so, we were saying in the preseason, get him off the field. This is too easy for him. Like, <laughs> So that on top of just thinking about it and, and going back to Matt Nagy yanking Mitch Trubisky after the interception mm-hmm. against Atlanta and going to Nick Foles. Like, I think it's just going to be so obvious. And of course, Justin Fields, he's not going to say anything. He's going to stand there with his clipboard and he's going to wait to be told to put his helmet on. But I think it lasts a half. I, I just think this LA defense, like we talked about last week when we were evaluating the last preseason game, it just changes. When Justin Fields is in that game, the game plan clearly yeah. changes. What you're able to do clearly changes. I just think, I just think it's going to be so obvious that Andy Dalton just is doesn't have it. He's going to be getting eaten alive by either Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald or both. And it's going to be all right. We need to change something up. We need to get something going now. Could that obviously not come to pass? Yes, it's a very bold prediction by me to say Justin Fields is going to open the second half and lead the Bears to a near comeback victory. That's very, very – that's one of my boldest takes probably on this show over the last oh, yeah. three years or oh, so yeah. um, because I'm usually the guy that tries to stay even keel, and I said for most of the offseason that we're going to see Indy Dalton for most of the season, and I've slowly moved that timeline up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it takes a half. 
I just I think they're good. It's gonna be obvious. I hope you're right, Jake. I really do. I I, I pray to God now, you're here, right. Here's why it's not gonna happen. I I guarantee this is what happens. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be 17 to nothing or something. It's gonna be time winding down, and Andy Dalton's gonna throw yes, gonna some kind that. of touchdown to, to end the half, and they're gonna go into the half with a touchdown, and then it's good. Then my whole prediction's just yes. gonna be out the window. It's gonna be gone. A thousand percent. It, Mad Nag is like, oh, oh, wait, wait, well, oh, but like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. Um, that, I, what I can't wait for though is the moment that the first, the first incompletion, and it all, and they're gonna show Justin Fields on the yeah, sideline. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. Happen. I mean, we should. As FanDuel should have an over under of how many times the camera pans to Justin. Well, it, it, that's a good one. Night. Do you think? Do you think when the first when is the first time do you think they show Justin Fields? I think I think it's before the balls even kicked. Yeah. No. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. I think it's, it's the storyline. It's the main yeah, storyline of right. the game. I mean that that is the like as much as good as the Rams are. The main storyline of this game is the fact that we're idiotic enough to start Andy Dalton over Justin Fields. That's the main storyline. So they're going to talk about pregame. Al Michaels, you know, Chris Collinsworth's going to do his little slide in onto the screen, and and <laughs> and uh, and Al Michaels is going to say, "Oh, Bears versus Rams Sunday night." Um, trying to Andy Dalton, Chris, what do you think? Does Justin Fields deserve to be starting? And they're talking about it pregame, and it's and there he's going to have him throwing a football with his helmet on pregame, and then it's it's going to be the topic of conversation. One of the good things, Jake, though, the one thing we don't have to see anymore forever is. The gra- the you know the graphics of Mitch Trubisky alongside Watson and Mahomes and all those things. Every time the Bears playing it on primetime football, we got a graphic <laughs> like that. We're done with the graphics. Hopefully, we're looking at new graphics now of Justin Fields and stuff. So uh, that's one I thing gar- to be happy I guarantee. About. I guarantee though that Mitch comes up. I guarantee it. <laughs> no, 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 I no, gar- no, no chance. No, no chance. I, no, 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 no. Of course they're there because because you Why? know the story, oh, no, it's not relevant. Oh, you know the, the Bears moved on from their last high quarterback, first round quarterback, and blah blah blah. And they went now they're turning to a new one to Justin Fields, and we just gotta wait to see when they decide to put him in and turn the future over to him. It's exactly what's gonna happen. And Mitch comes up at least once, at least once. Ah, uh, wow. Okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think. Because it's going to happen, you have to figure at least it's going to happen when they're like talking about the Bears' previous season. That's true. At at the very least. Sure, I can give you that. What another thing I found interesting too, as we're talking about Justin Fields here, is what Sean McVay said in his press comments this week. And I don't, I don't know how, how indicative this is, but he said, "quote We would be naive not to to game plan for Justin Fields." And it's like, wow, okay, like another coach recognizes that just even another coach right. recognizes Justin Fields should be the starter. But it is interesting because there have been conversations. I, I'm not I'm not sure how much of a fan I am of this, but there have been conversations about, you know, what about just trotting out Justin Fields on like a third down and four and having him run a read option so or something dumb. like that. that That's would be stupid. So dumb. Like I would if you're gonna that. do that, just making the like no, like you have right. to like like when when, it, when he steps on that no. field for the first time, it better be as the unquestioned the starter, full, not yes. in some kind of trick. But package. isn't that something Nagy would do? He did it with Mitch last year, and, and he did it with Mitch last year, and Mitch tore up his freaking shoulder, and or yeah, it was last year. He did it in the Saints game, and and it screwed up his shoulder, and it pushed his timeline. Yeah. But it, it was it was screwed up. If you're gonna do that, it, I don't know. What about the possibility, Jake? There are some people, the, the the extreme optimists of the world, who say Matt Nagy says fuck it, and and Justin Fields trots out uh, first no. first drive of the game. Any zero zero point zero one percent chance or zero point zero? Okay, zero is across zero the board. Not okay. a chance. I I mean I just think how, that might be like that moment alone. 
that would probably be leaked. second to there's so there's the top three moments in Bears history. There's them winning the 1985 Super Bowl. There's that. There's Devin Hester returning the kickoff, uh, opening kickoff in 2006, and then there would be number three. Justin Fields walks out week one out of freaking nowhere. Like uh, that like, would have uh, been leaked already. That that would yeah. have gotten out. That would have <laughs> gotten out. Hey, the oh, Bears, if there's one thing the Bears are good at. It's 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 hiding that type of information, making that yeah. stuff confidential. So I don't know. They, uh, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They, they're a not smart enough to do to pull off a move like that, and b they're just they're too stubborn. I've been saying no. They're too stubborn to do that. There's no no chance. Zero zeros across the board on that one. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, fellow Bears fans. You're not seeing anybody other than Andy Dalton take that first step unless something insane happens. Unless Andy Dalton is abducted by aliens as he's running out onto the field. That is the only way. But I want to circle back to the Sean McVay quote because that's going from Sean McVay, a coach of the year candidate year in, year out, a guy who was generally seen as top 10 top seven coach in the league mm-hmm. one of the best offense minds and of course i mean he's right i mean you would be naive to not plan at least a little bit for justin fields i unfortunately think that says more about andy dalton than about justin fields but no i, I, I mean I, I think that's a smart thing to say if you're if you're sean mcveigh I, I think obviously you know how highly regarded this kid is you know that the fans are itching for it you know he's obviously the most talented guy in that room so it, yeah, of course, it'd be naive to not plan for Justin Fields. I think that's just him covering his bases. Okay, fair enough. I, I agree. Yeah, I didn't want to read too much into that either. I, I, knew I mean, hopefully he's close, right to say that. I, that's what I'm saying. Hopefully I come just, the second I, half, he's correct to say right. that. I'm like, like, I, like, I, I'm just going to say, maybe he knows something we don't. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe he knows something. But I mean, the, um, if Sean McVay knows what the Bears are doing before the Bears know what they're doing, then that we have bigger yeah. issues that need to be addressed then. Yes, but wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> wouldn't put it past him. Um, let's do let's do some bold predictions. Are are we good for some right. bold predictions? Let's. Let, well, I did mine already, my... so it's your turn. Okay, okay. So your bold prediction. Let's just reiterate it. Jake is saying uh, Justin Fields comes out at the half, but doesn't get them the win. Uh, leads them to a comeback, but they still fall short. Um, my bold prediction, I don't know how bold it is. I, I think it's just, it, it's, it's not hot. Well, I'm going to do a few and this is kind of my one that's on the more mild side. I think Eddie Jackson gets an interception. I, I really do think Eddie Jackson, uh, returns to his ball hawking form this year. This is a player who needs to work on his tackling a little bit as well and figure some things out in that area. But the, the, the number one thing about his game is being that ball hawking safety who gets after the football. And I feel like games in which Eddie Jackson gets an interception, we win. I, I just feel like I have to do the research on that, but I feel like that's a trend. Um, and he's talked a lot about this offseason, about returning to form, about being the best player he can be, about making no more excuses. And I think that's a player who lives up to his word, returning number four, uh, I, I think I'm not, I don't know. I, you know what? Screw it. House call too. Eddie Jackson pick six that I, he really? had two of them All last right. year. He had, no, he had three of them. No, they one got taken was away. a touchdown. I thought he had one. Did he not have one? I, I know two of them got taken away. I thought no, he had last, one. That no, he had, it. he had no interceptions last year. Remember he, he, he had a fumble recovery. I think that's what he had a fumble recovery for touchdown in one of the games. No interceptions for touchdown. He had two of those taken away. I think he had a fumble recovery for touchdown. Don't fumble don't, recovery I for think. touchdown. Yeah, you're right. You, no, you're right yeah, about that. I'm so, looking at it right now. 
Yeah, fumble recovery touchdown. But I come on, Eddie Jackson pick six. I mean, look, the thing about the thing that gives me optimism about that is Matthew Stafford is good as he is. He's gonna throw the ball around. He's gonna throw the ball around. He's gonna try a deep shot. So hopefully Eddie Jackson is in the right place, right time. Um, do you have any other bull predictions? Because I, I I'm gonna I, I might have a few more that are a little bit more on the hotter side. But I want to know what, where you're at with that. No, I I want to hear yours because I I'd rather turn this one over to you to see what you have. Okay, I, I so, said I said my big one. Okay. Okay, so this one, um, I, I can I piggyback off of yours? Is that illegal? Absolutely. Because okay, if if this is uh, there's a, this has conditions to it. If Justin Fields, like I'm only making this bold prediction, if Justin Fields comes out in the second half, if he does, they win the game. I try. I I truly really? think if okay. that happens, they win the game. I mean, Jake, this is like I said. This is most likely going to be a a a, a game within reach at the half. This I don't. I I would be shocked to see them be blown out at the half. I, I would. Uh, yeah. you know, we're not looking sure. at Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. You know, six five years ago when he threw for you know four seven touchdowns in the first half or whatever. Like it's going to be seven to three, ten to three. 13 to six, you know, something within reach. And if Justin Fields comes out, this is a player who's prepared for the moment. He's played in, in moments just as large as this, essentially, like he will rise up to the occasion. He will spark this team. You will see that effect on the rest of the team. And if it's a game within reach with, which I think it is, I have every reason to believe that he could go shock the world and win that game for them. I mean, truly, the thing you have to remember about the Rams, Jake, is although this is a Super Bowl contending team, it's their first game together. It's the first yeah. game with Matt Stafford in this team. You know, most times it 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 doesn't really matter that much, but it still matters a little bit. First game, uh, you know, with a new team and everything. So I, sure. I'm I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I this prediction again. I'm not logging this in as a bull prediction. It's only bull prediction if. Justin Fields becomes a starter, but compared to Jake's, I'm saying I'm saying he gets the win. That's that's what I'm saying. So, I I mean I could see it, and you make good points. It's just my thing is it would just be so it would be so bearish to uh to lose that game it to would, come so close. Also, I want to circle back to your earlier point. You were yes. correct. Games that Eddie Jackson records an interception, the Bears oh have God. won every single one. Eddie Jackson has Are 10 you serious? interceptions. The Bears are ten and zero in games that Eddie Jackson records an interception. You're you're lying. Swear to God. Oh my God. Swear to God. I, that, I just I just checked. Facts, man. Research, man. Jake Hassan on it. Let's go. Hey, I'm just. Ooh, I'm That's kind of wild. Ten and zero. That is that is really wild. That's. I'm gonna tweet Inclu- that. Uh, including all six in 2018. That's absurd. Hey, and but like it's not it's it's not just that Eddie Jackson's a magic man. I mean, he might right. be, but it goes back to the point I made earlier about what happens when you get turnovers, when football games. So, right. uh, we got two minutes. Give me your official score prediction, and the spread is plus eight and a half for the Bears, minus eight and a half for the Rams. Are you taking money line Rams, and who are you taking for the spread here in this game, and official score prediction? Unfortunately, I got to take the spread on the Rams as of right now. Okay. I mean. There's just no way you can't like it, it's the Rams. I, I believe it's uh, <laughs> it's Andy Dole. I, it's I think it's Rams. seven seven and a half right now yeah, at yeah. certain play wherever you look. It's about a seven seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay, I thought. It was and, eight and, and, half. and I think the Bears. I think the Bears just can't do it. I, I would love for Justin Fields to come out and win them this game, but I, I think it's it's what I say twenty seven ten. I think is what I texted you earlier. 
it's just it's not good. It's not going to be good enough. Now, if okay. Justin Fields comes in this game, then I think then maybe they win, and maybe this is more like thirty-one twenty-seven or something like that. But okay. as of as it is right now with Andy Dalton, knowing he's yeah. starting this game, um, I mean, got to go twenty-seven ten. It's just it's unfortunate, yeah. but no, you're you're not wrong. Um, I, I I'm with you. Like I I just based off of what I saw in the preseason, everything we know about Andy Dalton, I can't say he elevates the team enough to give them a victory. I I just can't. I'm gonna go Rams twenty three seventeen. I think the Bears do cover the spread. It's week one. Teams typically aren't firing on all cylinders the first week of the season, especially when you look at Matthew Stafford as a brand new quarterback with that organization. It takes time to build chemistry. It takes time to mesh. I think you're looking at a more low scoring game. Um. Pray to God we see Justin at some point, but I can't bank on that. And like Jake said, at this point, we have to assume Andy Dalton plays 60 minutes. If he does, it's not going to be enough. So I'm going to have to go Rams 23-17 on that. But we will sit here with the everlasting hope that Justin Fields comes in the second half, and I hope. Right. We we will sit there, and we will hope for it. But that does it for us for this week's short episode because Kevin's got the athletic stuff to do, whatever. I don't know. Um, but – Thank you for listening. As always, we're going to be back Sunday. Well, actually, we'll probably do Monday because it's Sunday night game and we got stuff to do. I got work. But um, Monday, we'll be back. We'll break down the game, win or lose, good or bad. We will be here. So join us on Monday to break it down. And then we'll be back next Wednesday to start the preview for week two. So new schedule. We're going to work it as the games go. But we're going to be two episodes a week now, two episode podcast. Thank you to Adam Johns, if you're listening to this on audio, for coming on the podcast. But for myself, for Kevin, we'll talk to you next time. And as always, bear down. All right, Bears Nation podcast. We welcome on another guest, myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Adam Johns of Hogue and Johns fame. Most notably, we had your <laughs> co-host on here a couple months ago, Adam Hogue. And How he boring was, riot, was that so. episode? A riot? Yeah. He did he did good. He did good. So I mean, I mean, it's it's Hogue. So you gotta there's a bar to clear. I mean, it sounds like you're ready to the up to the challenge though no problem here (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's get into it adam we're recording this on the eve of the nfl season the bears play in just a couple days to open sunday night football the nfl gets andy dalton how are we feeling about that (laughs) uh not good uh not optimistic uh some people i'm sure are furious uh maybe won't even watch the game in chicago Uh, look it's I, th- I think things just change when Justin Fields was drafted, right? Let, let's just be honest. Like everybody just stopped trying to get behind whatever Andy Elton bandwagon <laughs> the Bears are trying to to build and get going. And all of a sudden yeah. you got this amazing young quarterback who we all know really like really well from watching him at Ohio State in nationally televised primetime games, you know, against some of the best college football teams. Like everybody's very familiar with what Justin Fields can do. And then he goes into training camp. And he plays well. He plays well in the preseason. So I think the excitement level for Andy Dalton is almost virtually non-existent. And everybody's just waiting for Justin Fields. That's basically it. Yeah, and obviously we have to kick this off with the Justin Fields question. I, I on our show, went a little bold. I, I said I think it lasts a half. I mean, that's probably the optimistic view. But, I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, I'm thinking probably realistically, what, week four or five? Like I mean, week can't four, last forever, right? No, yeah. <laughs> don't hold your breath, right? Um, I would say don't underestimate the the stubbornness of Matt Nagy with this plan. Yeah. I, I will say that, like, 
he's been pretty adamant with this. Like this was not a real competition. Like there was not even a semblance of a competition in, in training camp. Like what you had was Andy Dalton primarily playing with the ones while Justin Fields got erratic snaps. Now erratic is not what the bears would use. Um, those were pre-planned snaps, but they weren't many. They weren't many. You know, Andy Dalton got the the majority of the work, the vast majority of the work with the offensive starters. So we all knew, at least from us watching, that this was going to be Andy Dalton in week one against the Rams. But when does Justin Fields start? Um, in my bull predictions, Colin, I, I have week eight against the 49ers. Like, I, I think they are going to allow Andy Dalton to figure things out, to have some ebbs and flows popular saying in my podcast some ebbs and flows to to his season and uh, giving him opportunity to, to to figure it out um i think the softest point in the schedule is what week four against the lions mm-hmm. like bad team it's the, it's like the, the first game where you could say like okay maybe i take Andy over jared golf like you can make an argument for that but if that doesn't happen then this Andy dalton experience can be a little bit elongated more longer than I think bears fans want it to be. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, in your opinion, I mean, what has to happen? I mean, what's the record gotta be? I mean, you're saying week eight. So, I mean, what do you think, what point are we at then record wise? So you could be looking at what three and four team. Yeah. Two and six, or let's see if my math is right. No, no. Two and five, <laughs> two, two and five. Like he's definitely in uh it's wins in production, right? Those are Matt Nagy's own words, wins in production. Like there's winnable ball games for the, for the bears. Like they should be two and two after the first four games that they really should be. And if they're not, then they got serious problems probably beyond Andy Dalton. But one thing I've seen from Justin Fields and I'll stand by this assessment is he showed me throughout training camp that he could raise the level of play Jake with to the players around him. Like they, like we're talking about guys like John Bay Johnson. Um, we Rodney saw what Ad- Jesper Horst did. Yeah. yeah like Rodney <laughs> Adams became like this household name fan favorite and he didn't even make the team. Okay. He made it like for a day. Then he got cut. But, like that's, that's the point. Like Justin Fields made these guys no names because he was playing so well. Like he was raising, like Jesse James comes in on the eve of training camp. And now he's on the team. Like, think about that because Justin Fields was throwing great go up and get up balls down the seam to him, and he made an impact in training camp practices. So, um, I forget what this question was, but yeah, don't I don't expect it. <laughs> like, just try to be patient, everybody. Justin Fields is going to be riding that bench for a little bit. Yeah, and you know, Chicago Bears fans known for their patience, so we got oh, yeah. that. That should yeah, go yeah, well. But I mean, sure. you're right. I, I mean, Eddie Jackson. I, I mean, said today in an interview that Justin Fields in the preseason, they were saying, "Why is he out there? He's too good. He's too smart. Get him off the field." And I, I mean, me and Kevin, my co-host Kevin Lapka, were talking about this, and you mentioned it, alluded to it. He just raises the play of these guys. I mean, I said Jesper Horstead is on the team today because I think of Justin Fields for, for the most part in that last game. But I mean. I partially before going in this before Justin Fields even played in a preseason game, I was on the protect him at all costs train of thought because this offensive line scares the hell out of me. And you know, when you're signing just Jason Peters at the, at the point that you did, he's fishing in a Creek and you have to beg him to come out of retirement. Basically. I mean, is that something, I mean, what did you see from that offensive line? I mean, obviously you're there, you're watching this team closer than myself or Kevin Lapka, but I mean, this offensive line, how a scale of one to ten, how scared are you of this offensive line? Oh, um, 
Well, I guess think like it, it would vary from like spot to spot to spot. Like the the interior guys, I don't know. I give them like a six. I feel that good. Like they're like if, if five is average, they're maybe slightly above average or average. They're in that they're in that general vicinity. Like Jermaine Effetti, he was pretty good at right tackle for a bit, so maybe six mm-hmm. and a half. But then, like his low end is like a four. Like what player you're going to get in, in any given snap? Left tackle. The blind side protector, like one, like with all, like, and I want to like, with all due respect to Jason Peters, like you have had a hall of fame career, mm-hmm. but there's also a reason why you're fishing in the Creek and the bears have to call you at this point in the off season. It's because they don't have any other options right now. Like mm-hmm. this, this is where it's come to. And one of the reasons why is because you got this connection with Juan Castillo. Um, Jake, I, I'm not convinced that Larry, Bo- like I might, I think Larry Bourne might be a better option already at left tackle. Like I'm serious really? about this. Um, yeah. Maybe they just want to give him a, some more time to get acclimated. Um, a few more days of practice, maybe um, some live action is like the, the extra tackle or something. But uh, I, I don't think Jason Peters is long for that job. I, I really don't. I think maybe by week three, week four, oh. week five, and that, that early in the season, you could see a change at left tackle and Larry Bourne starting there. That's the rookie fifth-round pick, Larry Borm, starting there. Well, speaking of the rookie picks, I mean, do we see Tevin Jenkins at all this year? Um, I'm going to say no. And that's yeah. probably one thing Bears fans don't want to hear on your your podcast here, but the guy <laughs> had back surgery. If if you're getting some – like if, if Jason Peters is serviceable at this point in his career, 39 years old, if – Larry Borm comes in and gives you some type of athletic upgrade, even though he's going to have some ups and downs as a young offensive tackle, left tackle, who's primarily played on the right in his collegiate career. Like there's going to be ups and downs, but if he can be an athletic upgrade and hold his own against some guys where you could give him some help with some chips and some running backs, some tight end help, all that stuff. Like then I think the Bears side with caution to make sure their left tackle of the future, maybe now the right tackle, depending on what Larry Borm does is healthy for next year. You don't mess with back injuries, especially with offensive linemen. You be patient with this. You may be feeling good in two months, but let's make sure he's feeling really, really good come next season. We talked about the thing that infuriates me about this. Like, why why play the games? Why were we hearing Tevin J? Oh, he's doing work on the side. He's getting better. He's, oh, actually, back surgery, IR. See you in a couple months. Like, why? What was the point of all that? Well, why I'm, why I'm, did we do I'm this? I'm sure that, that you know you feel different opinions. I'm not defending the process here because I was one of the guys that saw him mm-hmm. pulling a cart with a rope, you know, or going up the hill, pushing a sled up the hill. Like we, I, that happened. We saw that at training camp. Um, you know, they have different opinions. I'm sure they tried to rehab the rehab it to get him feeling good, try to test them out. Like I'm sure those are exercises that, you know, test it out like the, the numbness, whatever he was feeling in his right leg, like to try to figure out if he could not just play through it, but get past it. Um, the answer was no. Um, some of this is just bad luck. Some of it, like you got a question, maybe the pre draft evaluation, you know, not by, you know, pacing those guys. It's almost like you have to question your doctors a little bit more. Like, you know, should we now have different, Red flags for for injuries. No, right, can we can we be a little bit more strict with guys that we don't red flag? You know what I'm saying? Like, why why did other teams remove him? So maybe that's a conversation Pace has to have with his doctors as opposed with the scouts. 
Well, speaking of the injuries, I want to, we can't talk about Justin Fields for 20 minutes on the eve of the season, but uh, the injury report today, Eddie Goldman didn't practice a bunch. I mean, Khalil Mack pops up on there, Robert Quinn. I mean, the most notable one is Eddie Goldman. He didn't play at all last year. Obviously we saw what a massive loss that was. Didn't practice today. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, it's got to raise a red flag. I don't think it, I don't think it looks good for this week. Um, No. Yeah, no. Um, Yeah. What a, it's unfortunate, right? That this guy, mm-hmm. even when he played in Nashville against the Titans, I thought he was fantastic in that that limited amount of action that he got. Now his injury did not happen there, um, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, this is a guy who sat out last year uh, because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, came to camp in great shape. Like he literally looked like physically he was in great shape. Like he, like you know, like you look at Jason Peters, like oh this guy needs to get a shape. Like yeah, yeah. And with all due respect to the Hall of Famer, he is a Hall of Famer here. But you could tell he, he was sitting around all summer. Yeah, I, I, yes, Eddie Goldman. You could tell that he was busy, mm-hmm. and that's good because his weight has always been a topic since like his draft. Um, and now, yeah, just just bad luck. Um, now that's a deep position, always has been for the Bears, but Eddie Goldman is still pretty darn good. They're gonna miss him. Yeah, I, we had Josh Woods on this pro, on this show, and he was saying just what an anchor he is. But, I mean, the defense as a whole, I mean, you have year one as Sean Desai. What, you watched him all summer. What's the expectation from your perspective of what this defense is, what's going to change from Chuck Piano to Sean Desai? And, I mean, they said they call him Doc over there because he's so damn smart. Yeah. And what are you expecting to see now, difference-wise? I don't know yet, but that's part of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we, we could go to Vic Fangio film. Right, you, yeah. you could go to like all the influences of his, and he's got a lot of influences because he's been with the Bears for for a long time. But um, we don't know, and I think that's an advantage for the Bears in, in the early going. Um, yes, there'll be some similarities to Vic Fangio, but um, he wants to create his own brand of football, like his own brand of defense. He wants this to be the Sean Desai def- def- defense. So, I mean, even Chuck Pagano is an influence on Sean Desai. So. We'll see. And I think that that's okay. Like some of the stuff that we saw in training camp, that's not what they're going to do. Yeah. We saw some different things. We saw guys moving around in different places, you know, especially up front, but now they've been in closed practices for over a week. Like what they're doing at these closed door practices are, are significantly different than what we saw. Like the game plans will be different. Um, So I'm kind of like excited. Like I love defensive football. I love creative defensive football. And I think Sean Desai has those qualities. And who knows? Like, we don't know what he's actually going to do, which is probably a benefit for the Bears, but also exciting if you're a Bears fan. So that excitement level, I mean, is that the same even given? I mean, you don't have the same level of player in that defense. I obviously lose Kyle Fuller. That's the big one. And the corners have been talked about all summer. And Kendall Vilder looks like he can hold his own, maybe. But, I I mean – you say they're doing different stuff there. Does that give you a little more confidence than what you saw in the preseason? Yeah. Like the best defense can hide its holes, right? Mm -hmm. Every, every defense has holes and sometimes you need certain star players to, you know, fill two of those holes. So it's good that Akeem Hicks is going to play. It's good that Khalil Mack is going to play Roquan Smith. Can he take that next step? Can Eddie Jackson be the difference maker that he was just a couple of years ago? Like, what player are you going to get out of him? Like, who's Eddie Jackson going to be in 2021? Those are all questions you have about some of the Bears' best players, right? What's what's the next step for Roquan Smith? Can Cleo Mack be in the defensive player of the year conversation? And it's on Sean Desai to, to answer those questions, you know, in, in a positive light. So, 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, there's there's holes though. Like the pass rush has to get better. Kendall Vildor's got to find consistency. You know, he's got to prove that he's just capable. Because look, every team has problems in certain spots, right? For Kendall Vildor, just show that you're capable. Find some level of consistency. Take advantage of the certain matchups that you have. Um, the same applies to Duke Shelley. Um, same applies to Alec Ogletree. Who is now a surprise starter for the for the Bears defense? So we'll see how how you know Doc's got his his work cut out for him in week one against the Rams. You know, with Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford and everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, so let's I mean talk about that. Uh, our our guy, your friend Justin Kaufman, he's not afraid of Matt Stafford at all because of his history against the Bears in the past. And I get that. I think a lot of Bears fans feel the same. But I mean, Adam, tell the people. I mean, this is not going to be the same Matt Stafford. That we saw now that he's paired with Sean McVay, See, right? That, that's on Matthew Stafford to prove that, though, Jake. Like Hogan Johns have been very. It's weird to, to talk about talk about myself in the third person like that. <laughs> like our podcast, we've we've been critical, critical, critical. Did I say kill? Critical of of Matthew Stafford. Like I, I've called the Lions hot garbage in the past, and here's not Matthew, incorrect. No, no, but here's Matthew Stafford with a special arm. Coaches always praise him, can be a difference maker. We heard it today at, at Hellasaw about how good Matthew Stafford is. But you know what? The wins aren't there. He hasn't overcome the situation that Detroit always seems to be, where he raises the level of play across the board, right? Like, it's not a lot of playoff wins in Matthew Stafford's history. So, But at the same time, you hear people say he's you know underappreciated. He's overlooked. He's the most underrated quarterback in the league. Well, now he gets to prove it. Now it's on him to show that that he is those things, and he's not overvalued at this point because he's got the big contract, he's got the big arm. Now he's got one of the best young offensive minds in the game. So we'll see how much of a difference maker he truly is because that's what the Rams did. They traded quarterbacks. That's what they did. Jared Goff wasn't good enough. Matthew Stafford is supposed to be great enough for them. And we've seen, I mean, these slugfests with the Rams in the last couple of years. I mean, they were ugly. <laughs> they were ugly games. I think at times hard to watch. And now Sunday night football, obviously we're hoping for a little bit better. And obviously Andy Dalton caps some of that, but I mean, the Rams are favored by over a touchdown about a touchdown for a reason. Uh, how do you approach this game? I, what are you expecting from this game and your prediction? Oh, um, they have been slugfest, haven't they? Like they've been ugly games. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like truthfully, I, I, I think it, it can, it can be that though. Mm-hmm. Defensive slugfest where, you're looking for your offense to make that one, that one or two plays, right? That, that big play down the field, down the sideline. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I would pick Matthew Stafford to deliver that over to Andy Dalton. Like, I, I really would. Right. Like, in those receivers over the Bears receivers, as like the, the Bears situation isn't bad. Like, this is a team. I think I've repeated this over and over. Like they had a six game losing streak last year and a quarterback controversy and somehow made the playoffs. Like they're not a bad team, like missing a few key players at some key positions starting at quarterback. But yeah, I, I personally, I see defensive slugfest again, where you need your quarterback to make you a few, few big time throws. Matthew Stafford delivers those. I don't think Andy Dalton can with Aaron Donald in his face. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, name we've kind of danced around. Aaron Donald being the scary one. I I said it on our show before. Uh, I'm afraid for Andy Dalton's life a little bit. I would <laughs> I would not want to be uh, 
out there specifically, but I mean, so are you, are you leaning Rams this way then? That's uh, yeah, official. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Adam yeah. Johns lock it in. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't picked the score yet, but what did I say? Defensive slugfest. You're looking at some type of random score, like, like 19 to 13, <laughs> something like that, you know, but score where, yeah, may, maybe they cover, you know, may, may, maybe they cover that half point and they lose by a touchdown, like 20 to 13 or something like that. But I see a pretty low scoring affair. Um, where Sean, Sean decides defense gives Sean McVay some problems, especially because they're familiar with Stafford. But I can't see this offense making enough plays against that Rams defense. I mean, they were number one in the NFL last year for a reason. There's star power, a lot of star power there. I don't think the Bears have answers for it. And can we please, before we get out, can we please put to rest that the Justin Fields weird package plays, like the special, we can put those to bed, right? Like that's, this isn't a Kyle Shanahan. Everybody offense. is so desperate like to, to <laughs> see those. Um, truthfully, I'd be surprised. Like, I think yeah. everybody just wants to see Justin Fields and like, come on, put a package together for, for, for him. You know, but like, no, I don't think it works that way. I don't think they had that from Mahomes in Kansas city. Right. Like mm. that didn't exist. So Yeah. Maybe he comes in for something, but I wouldn't. Come on, let's give him the start or not. Like either right. play him or 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 not. Like make him your starter or don't play him at all. That's where I stand on that. It's gonna be great when they just cut to him immediately on the sideline at opening kickoff, isn't it? Where he's gonna he's gonna be holding yeah. the clipboard and they talk about him right away. Oh man, it's gonna it's, be great. Wait till Andy Dalton has to answer questions about it after the game. That's when the fun <laughs> that- starts, Jake. <laughs> That first incomplete pass too, the cutaway that immediately happened. Oh yeah. Well, Adam, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Adam Johns of the Hogan Johns podcast, The Athletic. Appreciate your time so much, man. We'll do it again sometime. Anytime, Jake. Well, come on. Baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on. Chicago.